1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12 month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, discounts not available in all states and situations. For the world's greatest athletes,
0: this is the showdown we've been waiting for.
1: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen.
0: I have never seen anything like this. How about that?
1: In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Great moment Thursday night at Arrowhead Stadium. Patrick Mahomes, who entered the game not even for a play. He came out to do the choir huddle in honor of the late Len Dawson awesome awesome moment they took a delay a game penalty the Packers declined it Chiefs gave the team a standing ovation here's coach Andy Reid after the game on the honor that was given to Len Dawson
0: yeah that was that was Clark's uh, um, suggestion and players completely bought into it um, and wanted to do it um, and then uh, we added uh, the, just a the little wrinkle at the end there where I, I, I'm the official Craig Craig did an amazing job of mentioning Lynn uh, but listen it's a tribute to a great a great person a great player and then all he did in in your profession there um, very seldom are you a Hall of Famer in two different things man that's a, a that's a you know he, he had a wonderful life and really took advantage of every every day he had on earth here
1: Really was an awesome life for Len Dawson as a player, as a broadcaster. Shereen, we're in that same age group where during the 80s inside the NFL was really the only place you could get that deep dive every week of what happened the prior weekend, and it was Len Dawson and Nick Bonacone. And a uh, great gesture by the Kansas City Chiefs to honor him in last night's preseason finale. It was backups on both sides, and for the visiting team – the performance of the backup quarterback far more important because he could be, at some point, the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love playing again. Here's Coach Matt LaFleur on the performance from his now third-year backup quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think early on there, there wasn't really a lot open for him, and he was under some duress. And the one thing I loved about it is, you know, when it doesn't the game doesn't start out the way you want it to, how do you respond? And I thought he showed a lot of resiliency, and I think that just shows the the maturation process that he's in, in, uh, you know done over the last couple of years. And I, I was, I thought there was a lot of good things out there. I know again, I always look at the numbers at the end of it, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I thought he did a lot of good things, but we'll take a look at the tape. I'm sure there's always something that you can clean up. Uh, but I thought, all in all, I thought Jordan did a lot of really good things out there.
1: Uh, Look, he's shown development and improvement throughout this preseason. Last night, 16 for 26, 148 yards and an interception. But, of course, we know the stats don't tell the story, especially during the preseason when it's not as crisp. They're not in the whole game. You don't get to see the ebbs and the flows and the fighting through adversity. But Matt LaFleur knows that Aaron Rodgers is on a year-to-year arrangement. And I can't help but wonder. This has occurred to me earlier today. I, I remember what the Packers did With Brett Favre in 2008. They went to him very, very early in the offseason. At a time when they knew if they said to him, we need to know right now what you're going to do for the next season, he would say, I'm retiring. They wanted him to retire. They wanted to go forward with Aaron Rodgers in 2008. I can't help but wonder whether there's going to be some push, belief, possibility within the Packers organization to try to figure out how to turn the page next year to Jordan Love. He'll be entering year four of his career after three years on the bench. They have to make a decision on the fifth-year option by early May for Jordan Love. We're already there, and he hasn't even played yet other than the game last year when Aaron Rodgers was on the COVID list. I think a lot of it depends on Rod- Rodgers this year, how he plays. But the guy's constantly talking about retirement now, just like Brett Favre was. You've got a guy ready to go. And and at some point, at some point, the organization will want to turn the page. And I don't know whether Matt LaFleur is just trying to boost Jordan Love and make him feel better about himself, feel not like he's caught in some weird purgatory where, you know, he's three years in the league and he's not playing. And what am I supposed to do? But But I just can't help but wonder whether after this season, you know, we're so focused on Aaron Rodgers – dictating the terms of this relationship. I can't help but wonder whether or not the Packers try to seize back control after whatever happens in 2022, Shereen.
0: I think their original plan, Mike, when they got Jordan Love was to insert him as the quarterback in 2021. He'd sit a season behind Aaron Rodgers and then it'd be his team. But Aaron Rodgers kind of blew that up, winning the MVP award, and now he's done it again. But I just don't know that – And they see him in practice more, I get that. But, you know, once the season starts, he doesn't get that many reps. But they feel like he's grown, and, and maybe they've seen enough. I don't know. I haven't seen enough to, to say – yeah, I, I want Jordan Love as my next quarterback. I'm kind of uncertain. I thought Shane Bouchelle was the best quarterback in that game yesterday. He showed me a lot of things. I think the, the Chiefs have a good backup quarterback, and I think he's probably better than Chad Henney. He may be their number two quarterback going into the season. So I don't know that I personally have seen enough from Jordan Love, but if they feel like they have and he can be the quarterback to lead them, then that very well may happen. But what happens if – If Aaron Rodgers wins yet another MVP award, you're right, Mike. It depends on how Aaron Rodgers does this season, how far they get, and really if he wants to keep playing. And if he wins another MVP award, guess what? He's going to want to keep playing. So a lot depends this season on how he does, especially with that receiving core that doesn't have a lot of proven players in it. But can he still do what Aaron Rodgers has done the last couple of years? We're going to find that out. And then the Packers probably will have a decision to make.
1: I'm going to push back on the idea that he's going to probably want to keep playing if he wins an MVP award. I don't think there's a connection there. And if they flame out again in the playoffs, maybe he does walk away. He said it himself in June. Maybe. He thinks about retirement all the time. If you're thinking about retirement all the time, you're already partially retired. Now, I don't know what he's going to do this offseason, go back to Peru for another shot of ayahuasca. I don't know. But he's clearly entering that Brett Favre zone. And Brett Favre was in that zone for like six years before he finally retired. Well, we're now two years into Aaron Rodgers and this very public inner monologue of what do I do? Am I going to? retire am I going to try to play for somebody else what am I going to do what am I going to do and the way they structured this contract even though he's getting more money on average than any player in the NFL he can walk away without consequence at any time he doesn't have to pay back a gigantic pot of money the way it's structured he gets paid as he goes he gets paid as he plays he can walk away and I I hey Brett Favre had a career rebirth in 2007 after a couple of down years he had a great 2007 in what was his last year with the Packers. The worst part about it was the interception he threw in overtime against the Giants and blew their shot at the Super Bowl. So just because Aaron Rodgers has a great year doesn't mean the Packers will refrain from activating their plan to shift to, to Jordan Love. Unless they only drafted Jordan Love to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass, if, if that's the only reason they drafted Jordan Love, then, okay, let's go ahead with Aaron Rodgers in the fourth year of Jordan Love's career. But if they drafted Jordan Love with the idea that he's going to be the quarterback at some point, it's got to be next year. Because after next year, he's going to be a free agent. And would they pick up the fifth-year option on a guy who's never played if they don't plan on playing him in his fourth year? So I I think there's a good chance this is it for the Packers and Rodgers. And we're so focused on Rodgers... We don't think about the Packers. They have say in this. And after a couple of years of having Rodgers own the upper hand in the relationship, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, they may decide, hey, we're taking the power back. We're going to be here years after Aaron Rodgers has stopped playing football. It's time for us at some point to reassert control over our team.
0: Yeah, and and if you did draft into play and you feel like you've seen enough, that probably is the move to make, especially if Aaron Rodgers can't get you over the hump to win a Super Bowl. I mean, look at the chances they've had in recent years, Mike, to win another Super Bowl, and they weren't able to get it done. At some point, you've got to be the Rams. It's even if, with MVP awards, you've got to be the Rams. You've got to be the 49ers. You've got to say... All right, we're not getting it done. L- let's, let's move on. Let's try to go to the future and get it done with this young guy. Again, Mike, if you've seen enough from Jordan Love to lead you to believe that he can be your next great quarterback. You don't want to lose him. You don't want to have used that first-round draft pick on him, sat him on the bench for four years, and then go, bye-bye, we don't really know what you are, but we're going to stay with Aaron Rodgers for however long he plays, which is not going to be that much longer, and let you walk away and maybe become the next great quarterback that we let leave our team. So, They are going to have a decision to make, uh, and I know they're probably already thinking about that, but a lot hinges on what happens this season with them.
1: Traded up to get Jordan Love. After their first preference, Justin Jefferson, was drafted by the Vikings. The 49ers move up to get Brandon Ayuk. That was their plan B. Plan C was trade up to get Jordan Love. Fourth-round pick coupled with a first-round pick to get Jordan Love. You keep him for four years, and then he walks away as a free agent? I don't think so. And I, I don't think, well, I, I don't know. I just I, My point is this. It's been all about Aaron Rodgers for the past two years and his decisions and what he wants and what he's going to do. We've lost sight of the fact that the Packers have a say in this as well. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And we know what they did to Brett Favre. And I believe they deliberately and specifically manipulated Brett Favre into retiring when he did, knowing that if they didn't push it to a head then, he was going to play games all offseason. What am I going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then they'd find out in July that he was going to play again. So we know the history, even though some of the personalities have changed. We know the history. And at some point, they have to take back control of their team. The 49ers are in a slightly different posture. They've already turned the page from veteran to young guy. Easier to do when it's Jimmy Garoppolo and not Aaron Rodgers. And we've been focused so much on the end game for Jimmy Garoppolo. We haven't paid as much attention on whether or not Trey Lance is going to be the guy. And I know last night during the game, based on some of the texts I was getting from Chris Sims, I got the impression he's thinking this may not be the guy decision making the accuracy that there could still be a question as to whether or not Trey Lance can get it done let's hear from Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance on his performance last night in Houston against the Texans
0: I mean I wish it was cleaner just from a hole um but I'm not going to make too much of it. You know, we wanted him to get just two drives. I ended up giving him three because I wanted to give him a little bit more there, but um, there weren't too many opportunities, and uh, we got him some long downed distances, which made it tough. Some ups and downs for sure. Uh, never feels feels good to, to lose, but uh, man, we'll learn from it, turn the page. Uh, not going to make a, a bigger deal out of it than we need to for sure, but, uh, man, like I said, man, never feels good to lose. Some ugly stuff out there for sure. Um Man, definitely wasn't our best night, but uh, like I said, man, we're not going to make a big deal, too big of a deal out of it. Uh, watch the tape tomorrow, learn from it, get better. He's
1: I think it's significant. He is sweaty. Uh, and, and, and he was out of the game for a while, too, by then. Uh, I Look, Shereen, the idea that Kyle Shanahan went into that game – planning to give Trey Lance two drives. And this is the product of a very careful balance that every coach has to engage in. If he's putting his starters on the field, am I willing to expose my starter to risk of injury? Yes, I am because he needs the work. Well, when you decide on the fly that you're going to keep him in for a third drive and you're consciously accepting in the moment that risk of exposing him to injury, you're doing it because you think he needs the work. That You don't like what you saw those first two drives. And you're, you're maybe alarmed at some level by what Trey Lance has done. And I'm reminded of what happened last year. Chris is a firm believer that there was a game against the Chargers in the preseason. Jimmy Garoppolo struggled. Trey Lance entered. And the way Chris just kind of read the body language of Kyle Shanahan, a guy he's known for years, even though Shanahan doesn't say anything to him now because he knows, number one, Chris has a big mouth, and number two, Chris works in media. But We love you. Chris isn't watching, so I can say whatever I want about him. And I would say it directly to him, (laughs) so I feel no – it's not like I'm talking about the guy. Number one, it would get back to him. Number two, I would say it if he was on the show. But Chris saw in Shanahan kind of a disappointment that Lance didn't rise to that occasion when he had an opportunity to maybe take the job last year. I just wonder whether or not last night Shanahan was hoping that he'd see a little more from Lance as he steps into this job and it makes me wonder whether or not i this is a different topic altogether and i have a theory on what they're going to do with jimmy garoppolo but maybe there's maybe there's an added benefit to keeping him on the roster not just waiting for lightning to strike somewhere else but if the lawnmower never gets started with trey lance I, i i i can't i it's crazy talk i'm i'm Thinking out loud, there's no way they're going to bail on Trey Lance halfway through the season and go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no way they're going to do it. They gave up too much for Trey Lance. they got to give him all of this year. they got to give him all of next year at a minimum to become the guy that they thought he was going to be when they made him the third overall pick. The point is, if you're a 49ers fan, there's reason to just to be concerned that Trey Lance isn't going to immediately step into the role where he can deliver victory. Shanahan can't. With his game planning, their defense is good. They can still win games. This may not be the year to make your reservations for Arizona in February if you're a 49ers fan, and I know there's been this perpetual hope that they're going to get there. They're going to get there. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to, I, Lance has some work to do to get the 49ers in position to compete for a Super Bowl, Shereen.
0: And I'll take it one step further, Mike. After watching Purdy and Sudfeld play, I'm like, they better get Jimmy Garoppolo – in tune and back on this team as the backup quarterback because if Trey Lance gets hurt, which, by the way, he did in a small sample size last year, they have nobody behind him. I'm sorry. Neither of those guys are ready to play, can play, can do what the 49ers want to do this season. Trey Lance was put in a very difficult situation yesterday, Mike, because he didn't have his offensive line. He didn't have all his starting running backs. He didn't have his receivers out there and I thought he was going to get killed and when he got his arm hit like he got his arm hit I think it was Jerry Hughes that hit him they couldn't block Jerry Hughes and this is a backup offensive line and you, you heard Trent Williams during that game say they asked him about the play of the offensive line and he said I think there's going to be a lot of coaching done this week and there will be a lot of coaching done but that wasn't their starting offensive line They put him in harm's way. They're lucky that he didn't get hurt and did get those reps. But you're right, Mike. That tells you that they felt like that the risk was worth it. The risk of injury was worth it because he needed the reps more than anything else. Even without the starting offensive line, even without all his weapons, he needed the reps to try to get better. So I do think there is some some concern based on how long he played and the fact that he even played yesterday because he is their unquestioned starter.
1: The connection between the 49ers and the Texans is obvious because I've been saying for weeks I think Jimmy Garoppolo ends up in Houston if he's cut. Now, the pushback is, oh, they really believe in Davis Mills. They think they found something in Davis Mills. They think Davis Mills is their future. And And I don't want to read too much into the preseason because it's not a realistic reflection. It looks like a real football game. It feels like a real football game. It is nothing like a real football game. There isn't specific game planning. You don't have in-game adjustments. You don't have that fourth quarter where the game could go either way. Do you rise up and make a big play, or do you throw an interception into triple coverage? Those moments never happen. So we really don't get a full measure of the quarterback or any other player in the preseason. Still, Shereen, I... I don't think anybody looks at Davis Mills and thinks this guy is on track to become a top 10 quarterback. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo is, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a a fringe top 20 guy, which means he's better than a third of the league starters. And if he's cut, if he's available, how do the the Texans not at least consider him given that the GM there is the guy who was involved in drafting Jimmy Garoppolo eight years ago in New England?
0: Yeah, Mike, but... If you're not going to make the playoffs, and I don't think the Texans are going to make the playoffs, don't you want to be careful, Stephen as Ross? Worse
1: careful, as... Stephen Ross. <laughs> careful. Well, right. Careful.
0: But, but you 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 want to have the worst record to get the higher pick? It. least yeah, like yeah, uh, no, we Quarterback no, draft. No, we don't. No, like we don't talk about those draft things next year. <laughs> no, but no. when you win. You, you could Mike. win more games with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> you would win more games with Jimmy Garoppolo than with Davis Mills, I think. But I think I truly think they want to see Davis Mills how he plays this year. Can he be a franchise guy? They will find that out. If not, hopefully for their sake, without the T word, they can get there, get high enough to draft a quarterback who's going to be the future of the franchise.
1: The first rule of Tank Club: Do not talk about Tank Club. It's just something where nature just has to take its course and we're just playing our best players and we're trying to win every single game. And we're also implementing a long term plan. It worked for the Browns. They had that four year plan that had specific financial incentives for front office members and coaches that were based on factors that were not going to lead to winning. And the NFL gave them a pass on that. So the key is just don't say out loud what you're doing and if the Texans aren't interested in Jimmy Garoppolo if he becomes available yeah maybe they're trying to position themselves for one of the great young quarterbacks next year and if the Falcons insist as they seem to be on going forward with Marcus Mariota and maybe Desmond Ritter at some point although Ritter could become their guy but you can spot the teams every year the teams that just recognize that realize we'll take our lumps for now it's not like we regard ourselves as a high-end contender and we could emerge from this on the back end with a far better quarterback, a Joe Burrow maybe, who can transform the franchise. That is a very real temptation. and That's exactly what the Dolphins were doing. They were just too blatant about it, but really not because they got away with it. They got nailed for tampering, but they didn't get nailed for tanking, even though that's clearly what the owner of the team, Stephen Ross, was trying to do. On the Dolphins, things have changed dramatically. There's a great vibe there. There's a sense that they could be a playoff contender. They had a great winning streak last year, late in the season. There's been some talk about their franchise-tagged tight end being available in trade. And I think the report was that they're bringing up his name in conversations with other teams. Now, some people get upset about that because you franchise-tagged the guy. What are you doing trading him? Well, you you, you can trade him. Now, the new team can't sign into a long-term contract. The July 15 deadline has come and gone, but in theory, he could be traded. And the fact that he would only be under contract this year would impact the trade value. Here's Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, talking to reporters yesterday about this rumor that the Dolphins may be willing to move on from Mike Gesicki. Uh,
0: these reports are tricky to me because I'm like, um, you know, the, again, I've, I've alluded to this before at the beginning of the offseason. Like, during the uh, training camp, during the offseason, offseason in general like GMs have work to do and they're not just watching us coach so when people report that somebody is you know when they use the, that loose verbiage of alright well yeah they've been his name's been brought up or whatever you know I, I mean the report is kind of misleading because like there probably should be a lot of names on that report um, I all I'm focused on, and that's, you know, regardless of what people try to drum up, like, I'm focused on coaching Mike. Mike's focused on getting better.
1: And, and, and look, I, McDaniel's in a tough spot. Um, The general manager of a team is responsible for moving the pieces on the chessboard. And sometimes it's in the best interest of the team to move a piece off the chessboard. Maybe Gasicki is a luxury they don't need this year, especially if they can flip him for draft pick next year to fill the void created by the one they lost for tampering with Tom Brady. And if they let him walk away as a free agent after the season, they get compensatory draft pick consideration the following year, but you get a more immediate return if you can flip Gasicki now and if you don't think you're going to sign into a long-term deal it is something worth thinking about and Mike McDaniel's in a tough spot because unless and until Gasicki is traded McDaniel is responsible for getting the most out of him good luck getting the most out of him if he's constantly thinking he's about to be traded so i think McDaniel handled it well and i think he probably handles it well behind the scenes with Gasicki but you know the reality is if you're going to talk about a player on your team with executives from other teams, you better be sure you trust them not to blab because some do and some don't. And it sounds like somebody was blabbing about conversations with Dolphins GM Chris Greer. Shereen.
0: Yeah, it sure does, Mike. And and they're trying to turn him into something that he's really maybe not capable of doing, but definitely something different than what he's ever done. They're trying to make him more of a traditional tight end. That's not what he did. Last year, he led all tight ends with 412 snaps in the slot. He's a receiving tight end, 730 yards, 73 receptions, two touchdowns last season. He's not that great of a blocker, and they're trying to get him to block. So he doesn't exactly fit their offense and what they're asking him to do, if that's what they're going to continue to ask him to do. so. You know, when he played in that preseason games extended time last week, that led to the questions. That and the fact that they're trying to ask him to do something that he's never done in the NFL before in his career. So that's led to all these questions about what his future is, along with the fact that they did franchise tag Him. If they were going to ask him to play the traditional tight end position, you would think that they wouldn't have used the franchise tag on him. But now they did, and maybe they figured out that he doesn't exactly fit that, and it's time to get what you can for him and move on.
1: When you have a new coaching staff, when you have a new offense, you have to ask yourself: Does the player that we have fit the offense? Are we willing to tailor the offense to fit the player? And there's going to be a lot of running plays. There's going to be a lot of blocking expected. You need that guy like a George Kittle who can block effectively and who will block effectively and who will go catch passes and you need that you need that to keep the defense guessing when you have a tight end that can do both on the field you can sell the idea that any given play is going to be a run or a pass because if it's a run gets sick he's going to come knock you on your butt like Kittle does and if that's just not what he he's wired to do and I remember when Jimmy Graham was traded to the Seahawks Shereen, and there were reports from people in the building that they're dismayed that Jimmy Graham isn't more of a blocker. Well, you knew that when you traded for him. You knew that going in, that there's two types of tight ends. Well, three. Blocking only, catching only, and both. And they need both in Miami. They wanted both out of Jimmy Graham unreasonably, because that's not what he does. And so that, that may be the easy answer to the question. So you save $10.9 million in cash and cap space. Yeah. You get trade value for next year. Offset the first round pick that you lost for rampantly and stupidly tampering with Tom Brady, and then uh and then you move forward. So it's a possibility. We'll see if any anyone wants him. We'll see if they work something out. It's getting kind of late in the day. It's it's not real easy to put a pass catcher into an offense in late August, early September, and expect him to make an impact. And when you're getting him on a one year deal, he, yeah. if you're not going to get an impact now, you may never get an impact.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. How many trades do you think we'll see over the next few days? Because we are going to see some. Do you think we see any trades for any big-name players? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously out there, but or is it just going to be the lesser guys that we're going to see traded over the next few days?
1: I mean, the more common dynamic that we see this time of year is a team that has a glut at a certain position starts yeah. peeling off those guys who are going to be cut anyway and siphoning them to teams that have a need, like the Nick Mullins trade we saw earlier this week. Raiders don't need him, don't want him as a backup to Derek Carr. They're happy with Jared Stidham. Vikings don't know what the hell to do between Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond, so conditional seventh-round pick for Nick Mullins. We'll see more of those as the cuts to 53 approach. I, I don't know that there's a big name out there that that ends up getting traded other than Jimmy Garoppolo, and he only gets traded, I think, if there's – a serious season-ending injury to a starting quarterback over the course of the next three days Denzel Mims the Jets receiver wants out his agent has publicly requested a trade he was a second round pick in 2020 31 receptions on 67 targets in 20 career games with the Jets and basically Ron Slavin his agent said it's over it's done he's not getting opportunities with the starting offense it's time to move on I don't know if that works I, I don't know if that happened. You know, more and more teams are adopting the Mike Tomlin, we want volunteers, not hostages. But there are still plenty of teams that will say, we got you under contract. We're keeping you around. You may not have, uh, be happy about it, but th- there's nothing you can do about it. We, we own your contractual rights for the next two seasons, and we fully intend to keep them.
0: Yeah, and he's running second team right now. And again, if you have injuries, Mike, you probably want Denzel Mims out there playing for you. Um, So he's the backup right now to Corey Davis. Yes, he's not getting a ton of time in the preseason to show what he can do, but he's had that opportunity over the last couple years. Now he's had some injuries and some illnesses and all those sorts of things, but he has gotten some opportunities and just hasn't lived up to that. So the Jets have used first or second round picks over the last two years to pick two receivers, and those guys are now starting. So he is where he is, and unless they get an offer that blows them away, I wouldn't expect them to trade Denzel Mims.
1: A little buy or sell when this Friday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Lamar Jackson will not be playing in the preseason finale for the Baltimore Ravens, and it's not a surprise. They're trying to keep the guy healthy. He had some injury issues last year. He's negotiating that contract on his own with the Ravens. He set an artificial deadline of week one. We'll see if they get something done. John Harbaugh, the Ravens head coach, has a firm belief in plan B in the event that Lamar Jackson is injured. Before we hear from john harbaugh about tyler huntley though let's focus on this lamar jackson contract gut feeling gut feeling i'm not going to hold you to it unless you're wrong do you think he gets a contract done by week (laughs) one no i don't either i i think there's a chance they never sign him to another contract and he's playing for someone else next year
0: yeah i agree with you he's negotiating this thing himself mike and it doesn't seem like they're getting close
1: I think it's two different languages being spoken by Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And, and that's understandable. 25, 26 year old guy who knows football, who doesn't understand the business. I wouldn't have understood the business at that age. It's taken me 20 years and I still don't completely understand the business. And I, I barely understand certain aspects of it. And I've been focusing on it for two straight decades now. So not an easy thing to do. And I, I, I think right now it's a long shot to get it done Hopefully, at some point, the Ravens put their best number on the table and Lamar Jackson gets a chance to evaluate it before making that final decision. Much like what the Bears could have done, maybe didn't do with Roquan Smith. I think at some point, the guy needs to at least have the chance to evaluate that final offer and decide, do I go forward with the injury risk or do I take this money and move on Uh, happy? Maybe not thrilled, but happy with what I'm getting. Anyway, the Ravens may be happy to have Tyler Huntley as the backup because they may need him either this year or maybe next year if Lamar Jackson isn't there. Here's John Harbaugh talking about whether or not he believes Tyler Huntley can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I definitely believe that. You know, There's no question in my mind about that, and um, I'm glad we have him. I'm very, 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 very blessed to have him as our one of our players and one of our quarterbacks and our backup quarterback. All right, buy or sell time. Ravens backup quarterback Tyler Huntley could be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
0: I'm going to say sell, but only because I haven't seen a big enough sample size yet to know if he can really get it done, Mike. He started those four games last year and went one and three uh, for, for the Ravens. He has three touchdowns, four interceptions in his career in the regular season. He's shown some good things. I just don't know that I've seen enough to say he's going to be a a number one quarterback in this lead. Signed as an undrafted free agent in 2020. He moved up to number two on their depth chart in 2021. I do think there's a chance they can make him the starter. As you said, if they move on from Lamar Jackson, decide we can't get that contract done uh, next year. So he could be their quarterback. And if they believe in him, that's going to be what's going to happen if they decide to move on from Lamar Jackson.
1: I think he could be a starting quarterback. In Baltimore, because then they could just pivot from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley. Now, is there a drop-off from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley? Yes, but with reps, he could get better. And I remember last year when Lamar Jackson wasn't playing in a preseason game and Huntley played, Jackson said, I'm glad I don't have to compete against this guy as the quarterback of another team. So there's something there with Huntley, and it could be a short-term bridge. If they get through the season without a contract for Lamar Jackson, if he should move on... They could go with Huntley for a year and just see where it goes. See if they can put the team around him to be competitive and then make a decision after 2023 on what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Another buy or sell relating to the Baltimore Ravens. Buy or sell. The preseason 22-game winning streak will come to an end this weekend when they host the Washington Commanders.
0: I'm going to sell that too, Mike, just because I think the Ravens, this is something that's important to them. It's probably not important to anyone else, but it is important to them. They've shown that. Uh, And I think they have better depth than than the commanders do. A lot of times in the preseason Because the backups play so much, it comes down to depth. You look at what the Bills did against the Broncos last week. Yes, their first team offense played a series, but their depth was so much better than the Broncos, and you saw that route. And I just think the Ravens' depth is better than a lot of teams. It's better than the Commanders. I think they win this game tonight, and I think they want to win this game.
1: This one becomes a tough one for John Harbaugh because I'm a firm believer in trying to win every game. As long as you don't jeopardize your greater goal of having all of your players healthy for week one. And I still have vivid recollections of Rex Ryan putting Mark Sanchez back in the fourth quarter of a Jets-Giants Snoopy Bowl some nine years ago and getting Sanchez injured to the point where he didn't play much, if at all, in the 2013 season. So you don't do something stupid like get one of your key players injured. Yeah. What do you do in this week three preseason game? How many of your key players do you expose to any type of potential injury? I already know that Lamar Jackson isn't going to play, but he hasn't played at all this preseason. They keep finding ways to win. I can see the commanders who are desperate for anything positive at this point. I could see Ron Rivera being competitive enough and also understanding that winning this game and busting that streak of their geographic rival that they, they don't see very often in games that count, but they play every year in the preseason because not much in the way of travel expenses to get Washington and Baltimore together. I could see them prioritizing trying to win the game. I mean, look, if you really want to win a preseason game, if you really are determined yeah. to win this game, you can do it. You can do more game planning, right? You can keep certain players in longer if you really want to do it. And again, you don't want to get keep players injured. But if the commanders decide it's in the best interest of the program to be the one who bursts this bubble, because they hear about it, they're probably sick of hearing about it. Unless they just think it's a big joke. A lot of people think it's a big joke and think the Ravens have their priorities out of whack. I, I'm, even, even with all that said... Um, I'm selling the idea that it's coming to an end because I just they they've perfected the craft. They've all won 22 in sell? a row. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm talking my way through it. I'm ta- I'm I'm sounding it out. <laughs> all things considered, I still think the Ravens win the game, but I won't be surprised if the Commanders really pull out all the stops to try to win it.
0: Yeah, and the game's Saturday night, not tonight. I f- it feels like Saturday for some reason to me. Maybe cuz I'm going to the Cowboys game tonight and I'm surprised they're playing on a Friday night when high school football's going on. But the, the Commanders and Ravens tomorrow night, I think the Ravens win.
1: I love the idea that these preseason games get spread out over four days. The problem is I can never remember who's playing when in that four-day window. But it's great to kind of dilute what we're, we're we're just 16 days away from that 1 o'clock Eastern time, first Sunday of the season, when all of the games mushroom at the same time. And after months of waiting, we're suddenly thrown into this frenzy, this blender of football. But again, it's only 16 days away. Buy or sell. Drew Locke will do enough in the preseason finale, which you will be attending in Dallas, to be named the week one starter for the Seattle Seahawks.
0: I'm going to say sell on that. You know, I talked to Phil Sims a couple weeks ago, and he was saying that all quarterback competitions are decided before they even start. And I think we saw that in Carolina after the trade for Baker Mayfield. I think the Panthers knew, barring the unforeseen, that he Baker Mayfield was going to be their starting quarterback. I think it's been the same in Seattle. And if you listen to Pete Carroll... That's what he said all on Geno Smith, our number one guy, he has the lead, he knows the offense. Everything's been Gino, Geno, Geno. And I just think that the, the COVID that Drew Locke contracted last week that kept him out of his one chance to start a, a preseason game really locked it, for lack of a better, no pun intended. But he's not going to start tonight. Geno Smith's going to start. Drew Locke's just going to play more. And this will be his last best chance to prove that he's the better guy. But I think Geno Smith will start on opening day.
1: I feel like Pete Carroll all along has wanted Geno Smith to be the starter. That He wants to welcome Russell Wilson back to town with his former understudy and beat him. In recent days, and Sims and I are on the same page with this, not Phil, but Chris. It it kind of is starting to feel like they're trying to will Drew Locke into this. Like, like, will you do something? Will you please... Do something to make us say we want to give it to you. So I think they've been erring on the side of Geno Smith until Drew Locke proves otherwise, and he's yet to prove otherwise. But either way, either way, they got to trot out one of these two guys in 17 days for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And that does not bode well for the Seahawks in what will be their first encounter with their long-term starting quarterback. Buy or sell, Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm, I'm selling... As well. I think it is going to be Geno Smith. Buy or sell. Mitchell Trubisky will do enough to hold off Kenny Pickett and keep the starting job in Pittsburgh Sunday night against the Lions. And Mike Tomlin has made it clear that that game will be a significant factor in picking a starting quarterback.
0: Well, I'm going to buy that, but I'm going to buy that with an asterisk. I do think he will start an opening day. I'm not sure he will finish the season as the team starter can you imagine if he does start mike how much pressure is going to be on him steelers fans are going to be relentless in calling for kenny pickett they've seen enough that they know that kenny pickett is their future and they want the future to start right now They are going to boo Mitchell Trubisky every time he doesn't score, every time he throws an interception, every loss they have. He will be booed relentlessly in that stadium. They want Kenny Pickett, and they want Kenny Pickett now. But I think Mitchell Trubisky starts the season as the Steelers quarterback. At some point, I think it's Kenny Pickett.
1: I had thought that all along. I'm now at the point where I think that Mike Tomlin is just going to say, what the hell, let's put Kenny Pickett out there. And I know there's a concern. They faced some good defenses early in the season. The offensive line has been a little leaky, to say the least. But Kenny Pickett has shown that he can make quick decisions, get rid of the football. Nothing protects a quarterback like getting rid of the football. And it ultimately is an entertainment business. And they've had issues in recent years in Pittsburgh with – in-game attendance with TV ratings locally. And when you have a guy that the fans want, maybe maybe they hold him out of a couple of games just to build a groundswell. I don't know, poor Mitchell Trubisky, if that's the case. I think at a certain point, the Steelers just say, look, we got a great defense. We have Najee Harris. We have great weapons on the outside. And we have a guy that has shown us enough so far that he can get it done. And there's so many things that Mike Tomlin has said, so many buzzwords That he said before camp, and that now he talks about it, and those words get brought back, and it just feels like Kenny Pickett is just checking boxes, checking boxes, and that whole stadium setting, that's something Tomlin has talked about recently, how you play in the stadium setting. I think it does come down to Sunday, and I think Kenny Pickett can overcome him, so I am selling that Trubisky will do enough, because I think Pickett is going to do just enough to make Tomlin, Art Rooney, Omar Khan, everyone else in that power structure comfortable about moving forward with Kenny Pickett as of week one at Cincinnati. Buy or sell, Jerry Jones should listen to Drew Pearson, that damn cheater, when it comes to the Cowboys' ring of honor. And and I'm so we're clear spell. on this. I'm Pearson gonna... has said that Jerry Jones should listen to players more when deciding who does not doesn't get in. So buying or selling that he should listen to Drew Pearson, specifically his advice that they should welcome the input of others in deciding who doesn't, doesn't get in.
0: Well, I'm going to sell that Jerry Jones is the only one who decides who goes into the ring of honor, which is why Jimmy Johnson is not in their ring of honor, but Mike, these ring of honors and hall of fames and all, there's too many players in it. And, and we start getting these, Oh, they're adding so-and-so they're adding so-and-so. And so they are adding so and i am like, what did that guy do that you think he deserves to go in your ring of honor, or your hall of fame? They just get so diluted that they're not, they're not meaningful. Uh, for, for what they were intended to be. And, yes, there are some people that the Cowboys should put in the ring of honor. Jimmy Johnson being at the head of that list since he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Jerry Jones also isn't in the ring of honor. He'll go in at some point. I guess it's kind of weird to put yourself in the ring of honor, but he he needs to go in the ring of honor. And then, you know, you, you, Harvey Martin and Tutal Jones and Dan Reeves probably have a case to go in. But then he's going to want to put his own players in there. But I tell you what, if he puts in Tony Romo, you've got to put in Danny White. Danny White did as much or more than Tony Romo did.
1: I worry about some stupid things at times, and I freely admit that before telling you one of the things that I worry about. And, like, I worry about where does all the garbage go, and I think that's a legitimate concern because at some point there's not going to be any place (laughs) else to put the garbage. And I'm going somewhere with this. Bear with me. Like, at, at a certain point, you run out of room on the Ring of Honor. At a certain point yeah, it's true. the, 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 the you, you need a you need a gigantic warehouse for all of the Hall of Fame busts. Like you, know, you can only retire so many jerseys. At a certain point you just have to start drawing lines and maybe start over, right? Uh, I, I, I just I think that I don't think that Jerry Jones is making the best decisions and he's he's being petty about Jimmy Johnson and it's kind of infantile, frankly to not put Jimmy Johnson in. He clearly should be in. So if the guy's not making good decisions on his own, then maybe he should be listening to others. But I agree with you. The, the longer the NFL is around, the more these teams are around, the more you're going to have all-time greats that deserve some sort of recognition. But at some point, you've got too many all-time greats. You've got too many busts in the Hall of Fame. That's what Deion Sanders is complaining about. They put too many in every year because we've got to have the parade. We've got to have eight cars, not one car, in the parade in Canton. We've got to have a, a full three-hour presentation of speeches. We've got to have maximum bus. We've got to get people to come to Canton. We need fan bases to want to show up. Wait, We've got the, the Steelers fans coming because we've got a Steeler in. We've got the Bills fans coming because we've got a Bill. There's a certain point where you just have to ask yourself, are we diluting it and are we creating a long-term problem by expanding this well beyond the point where it should be. Whether it's retired jerseys, rings of honor, Hall of Fame, those are all things that others can worry about. Although from time to time, just like where are they going to put all the garbage, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, 300 years from now,
0: you're
1: going to need <laughs> a bigger ring here. at some point. That's right. But somewhere we'll be hovering you know, in, in the hole in the top of the stadium through which God watches the Cowboys. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll be able to, assuming that I go up and not down, There's still hope. Deathbed (laughs) conversion is possible. But even then, you can't see the ring of honor, so it doesn't matter. You're just watching the football game. And that's really what it all comes down to. People just watch the football games. All this other stuff is just – it's collateral. It's something to talk about. And I guess the people who are honored feel honored by it. But it really doesn't mean anything when it comes to football. All right. We need to take a break. When we return, something unrelated to football that is very troubling for one specific player and one specific team – We'll give you those details when PFT Live continues right after this. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now, only on Peacock. Horrifying details emerged yesterday regarding a lawsuit that has been filed against Bill's rookie punter, Matt Ariza, and two others who... With Ariza, we playing for San Diego State last year. The allegation is gang rape of a 17-year-old girl. The L.A. Times had the story. The details, as I said, are horrifying. The reality is, and it's unfortunate, but this is the way it works. Because it happened before Ariza was drafted by the Bills, the NFL can do nothing about it whatsoever under the personal conduct policy. Now, if he would ever get in trouble under the personal conduct policy in the future. You could have expedited or enhanced punishment because of this. And obviously, there's a criminal investigation happening. He could go to jail. Then it wouldn't matter if the personal conduct policy applies. And it also doesn't matter if the bills decide this guy plays a position that hundreds of guys can fill. And it's not like we're going to be a punt machine this year anyway. I know that he's kind of a fan favorite, and he had an 82-yard punt in a preseason game. And I guess it's good to have a a good punter instead of a bad one, but there's plenty who can just do the job well enough. Do you really want, if you're the Bills, to have this tied to your team? It's a tough call because he's entitled to due process. He's entitled to the presumption of innocence. But good Lord, these allegations are horrifying. And if I was the Bills, if I was the NFL, I would want to get to the point very quickly where I have a feeling a reliable gut feeling whether or not this guy may be responsible for what he's accused of because if he is, see you later, Matt Ariza. You can't work here.
0: Yeah, and and Mike, the Bills said in their statement they were recently made aware of these allegations, but according to reporting that came out of Buffalo, multiple reporters said the lawyer notified the Bills at the end of July. That to me is not recent. That is a month ago. That means the Bills knew when they made the transaction last week to move on from Matt Hawk that that Ariza was gonna be their guide and they knew what these allegations were and they knew that they probably were gonna come out at some point and they were prepared for that. So they made their decision knowing what was out there already, Mike. Now maybe they didn't do a thorough investigation, but they knew enough to to make a educated decision to keep him and move on from Matt Hawk
1: they made their decision when they used a sixth round pick on him though this wasn't a real punting competition yeah. he was going to be the guy the moment you draft a punter or a kicker he's your guy unless he is an absolute disaster in training camp in the preseason and obviously this guy wasn't the question is what did they know before they drafted him what did the NFL know about this it would have been very easy to not draft him, not sign him, not look his way—if you think there's any chance he's connected to this. Now, look, people get wrongfully accused all the time. I get it, and I don't like it when we, we say, "Oh, he's a—it's sh- a shakedown, it's a money grab." We're already hearing that from Arise's lawyer. It's always a money grab until it isn't. It, it's always a shakedown until there's merit to the allegation, and settlements are being paid, and justice is being meted out against the people who are accused of wrongdoing. Everyone says it. It's a frivolous lawsuit. It's a shakedown. It's a money grab. Anybody who has any money can say that if they're being held responsible for the things they've done. I don't know what happened here, but it needs to be investigated by the relevant authorities, criminal and civil, and the Bills need to care about this. Look, there's a great vibe around the Bills right now, and it puts the fans in a tough spot. It's just like Browns fans. They were put in a tough spot when the team traded for Deshaun Watson, brought him under the Browns umbrella, fans need to support him. And I think Bills fans are going to feel conflicted about this. But it's one thing to support a franchise quarterback. It's another thing to support a punter when punters come and go all the time. And when you've got a team that isn't going to need a punter very much this year because the offense is going to kick ass and score points, I, I could see Bills fans. I have faith in the in the inherent goodness of everyone. I could see Bills fans look at this saying, I, "I'm sorry, we can't we can't stand by." If there's any potential merit to this, we can't tolerate it. The allegations are too horrifying. This isn't a guy getting a massage and trying to engineer a sexual encounter. This is an allegation that Matt Ariza and two others gang raped a 17-year-old girl who basically was unconscious or semi-conscious because of uh, alcohol or other substances that she'd consumed. So this is as bad as it gets, folks and uh, the bills need to be concerned the nfl needs to be concerned and even though the nfl can't do anything about it under the personal conduct policy there are ways that things can happen behind the scenes for somebody at 345 park avenue to get terry pagula on the line and say hey man look your team is in 13 days playing in la first game of the year does it really help anyone to have Mighty on the football field if there's any chance that this is true. And it's a tough balance. I understand innocent until proven guilty. But the NFL's got the resources, I think, to get to the point where they can make a reasonable conclusion between now and September 8th. And if they can make a reasonable conclusion, fair, reasonable, objective, proper conclusion, if they think this guy may have done it, I don't see how he's on that roster when the NFL season kicks off 13 days from today, Shereen.
0: Yeah, and you're right, Mike. You go back to the draft, and according to all the reports yesterday, the Bills didn't know about this, and I'm just curious why the NFL and the Bills didn't know about this. They should have known about it. It would seem like a relatively easy thing to find out if you go talk to the right people if you're interested in drafting this guy. I know this. The NFL and its teams talk a lot about women, and they they talk about them and how important they are. And they put out statements when something happens and all those sorts of things. But I don't see the action. I think they care about women's money and the commitment that women make with the pocketbook. But what I've seen from the NFL, I haven't seen those actions to say we really do care. This is another, I think, example of that. And you're right. The NFL can't do anything on on the surface of it but they can tell the bills look you need to do the right thing here and move on from this guy he's not worth it
1: all right we're going to move on from the topic we're going to continue to cover it very carefully at profootballtalk.com in the coming days i just feel like something needs to happen sooner than later they definitely need to investigate and if they find anything they need to take action we'll take a look at the week that was on pft live and then later, a show-me-something draft for week three of the preseason. All that's still to come on this Friday edition of PFT Live. Do
0: you have any indication if he will play in this third preseason game or not? Not yet. We'll see how practice goes and we'll make those decisions at the end of the week.
1: We are in unprecedented territory with everything related to Tom Brady. Yeah. So if anyone can show up after being gone for 11 days and get it together in a few days and play on Saturday night and look as good as ever, it's Tom Brady. I have a hard time thinking, you know, again, that he's totally checked out. And it's not like the time of year, Mike, as you know, that they're implementing anything really new in the offense, at least for him. But the one source I have down there that I really trust is has led me to believe it's something personal, and they're not comfortable sharing it with me.
0: I'm ready to go. I'm loving
1: football again, and a fresh start is, is great for everyone every once in a while, and uh, just going to you know take this opportunity and, and not take it for granted. I give the... Panthers a moderate golf clap for making us think there was an actual competition I kind of have a theory that they did this competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold just to see how Baker Mayfield would handle not having the job given to him do we have a grown-up at the quarterback position he didn't sugarcoat it's going to be a little different and I think he's smart enough to know that hey I got to evolve too
0: Man, a lot of spots going to come down to this work. Um, this work is weighted differently and appropriately so. One of those positions that comes down to this
1: week, the, the starting quarterback job? Yes. I thought it was definitely going to be Trubisky, and Chris Sims makes the point, Miles, that You know, you got some tough opponents right out of the gate. you got some pretty good defenses. You really want to throw Kenny Pickett to the Wolves. But you know what? The Steelers' attitude is our best guys are going to play. And if Pickett's their best option, if that's what Mike Tomlin believes, he's going to play him. I think Kenny Pickett's done some good things out there in these preseason games that we've been able to see. I don't really love putting too much stock into preseason games, but one of the things that Mike Tomlin was talking about even before last week's game was seeing a live pass rush and how that can affect things for Kenny Pickett and how he wanted to get a more, quote, varsity action. And I think Pickett did a good job of showing that he can handle some of those things. You don't want to create the impression that the new guy is having anything handed to him. That's not a small hands joke, although now it is.
0: Early in camp, Randall Cobb asked, From your locker said (laughs) Mahomes or Rogers. You said, I think Pat is incredibly good, but A Rod is on a whole nother level.
1: It's one thing to be compared to Tuatonga Vailoa negatively. It doesn't hurt quite as bad when somebody is saying that Aaron Rodgers is on a whole nother level than you. Is it really that big of a gap, though? currently between Rodgers and Mahomes Chris Rodgers didn't play for a few years and then 2008 it was good in 2009 it was whoa this kid's got a chance and then 2010 it was holy crap holy this guy's amazing and he's like maybe the most talented guy I've ever seen in the sport Well, because one of us was talking too much today, and it wasn't me. Okay, maybe it was. We have to get right to it. Show me something draft for week three of the preseason. Two rounds now, round three after the break. Shereen, you are up.
0: Roquan Smith. He's going to play this season under the fifth-year option. He's betting on himself. He's going to get some reps tonight. Had that long hold-in And now he needs to get back into football shape, get back into playing shape. He probably won't play a lot, but he needs to play some, Mike, just to get those reps, just to get back. Big, big season, as we know, for Roquan Smith. He didn't get his long-term deal. This season will determine a lot about what his future is and how big that next contract is.
1: I think I said this last week when we expected to see Jacoby Brissett in the Week 2 preseason game. We didn't. We're going to see him starting this week. He's the guy for 11 weeks. No indication they're looking for anyone else. Jimmy Garoppolo, no, it's 11 weeks, and then Deshaun Watson. But 11 games with Jacoby Percet. Let's see what you can do this weekend, Jacoby, so Browns fans can at least have some optimism that maybe they'll be close to 500 or on the right side of it when Deshaun Watson comes back.
0: Yeah, exactly right, Mike. And I'm going to go with my second pick with Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to play a little bit this week. He's been a Panther fewer than 50 days, and he won the starting job. He played 12 snaps and threw seven passes in the first preseason game. He didn't play last week. He needs some reps. He needs to get to know his receivers. He needs more time in that offense against an opposing team. I think he'll get that a little bit. I wouldn't expect him to play much, and then we'll see some Sam Darnold and see what he can do. I'm going to
1: go back to a point that we talked earlier in the program as it relates to Tom Brady. Tom, Look, I've said all along once he plays Sunday night week one against the Cowboys, we're going to forget about the 11-day absence if he looks like the guy that he always was. Well, if he looks like it Saturday night. We'll probably forget about the 11-day absence as well. And, we'll say, and you know, people people will say, oh, it was no big deal. Why did everybody care? Well, they cared because it was pretty damn important at the time, and it was a pretty big mystery as to where this guy is for 11 days during training camp. But he can shut all of that up for two weeks until the week one game against the Cowboys if he comes out and looks like the guy he's always been on Saturday night when he goes back to Indianapolis, again, sight of one of his Super Bowl losses, 46 against the new york giants let's go ahead and take a break round three of the show me something draft when we wrap up this friday edition of pft live right after this show me something draft week three of the 2022 preseason those are the picks so far round three begins now shereen williams you're on the clock you have two seconds
0: well time's up the Steelers time's up Vikings all all eyes for the Steelers are going to be on Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett in that battle but I'm going to go with Mason Rudolph I I fooled Courtney on that one I'm going to go with Mason Rudolph because he's probably not going to get a whole lot of time in this game but he could be auditioning for another team there could be a trade we talked about trades he's a possibility of being traded The Lions need a backup quarterback. Dane Campbell talked yesterday about he wants David Blau or Tim Boyle to step up. Maybe Mason Rudolph's the answer for Detroit or another team.
1: He could just get on that plane and fly back to Michigan with the Lions. All right. For me, and I'm going to take a little bit of a liberty here with the whole spirit of the draft. I'm going back to the first segment of the show. The first thing we talked about. Show me something 345 Park Avenue. Do something about what Aaron Donald did yesterday. Today's your day. This is your opportunity. Perfect chance for a Friday news dump because it's Friday and this is the first day after it happened. Something needs to be done. From the highest levels of the league to make sure that all players, all coaches, all GMs, all owners, all fans, all media, anyone who pays any attention to the NFL knows that what we saw yesterday from Aaron Donald is reprehensible, it's unacceptable, and they need to stop it before it happens and seriously injures someone. Nobody got injured. That was Sean McVay. Nobody got injured. Well, eventually, if you don't stop this kind of behavior, somebody will. They need to draw the line now. They need to make an example out of Aaron Donald. I know, I know, week one, it's the Rams and the Bills. Well, you shouldn't be swinging two helmets in practice two weeks before week one if you want to be certain to be on the field when week one rolls around, Shereen,
0: Mike, we'd both like to see that happen. I don't think it will. What do you think the chances are that it will happen?
1: They're slim, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to spend most of today old man yelling at Cloud to make it happen sorry Aaron don't hit me with a helmet but it's the right outcome he should not be playing and I know NBC may not be happy about that either since we have the game he should not be playing week one and more for the LA Rams so um, see you Monday unless unless that was the final straw have a great weekend